This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from clickorlando.com, this is News 6. And this is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Matt, what if I were to tell you that 60 years ago, two things happened almost simultaneously that changed Florida, Central Florida, but mostly Florida as we know it. We're going to talk today about how UCF is a product of the baby boom and how the people in St. Louis were almost the ones to say, welcome to the happiest place on earth. Shut your mouth. A good friend of ours, Dr. Jim Clark, uh, wrote a fascinating op-ed in the Orlando Sentinel about, man, the things that sort of the forks in the road of history that could have changed everything for Central Florida. Central Florida used to be a little sleepy. It was a sort of a uh, citrus farm slash they were getting into the space program and, you know, things were starting to hop around here, but definitely it all changed in the 60s when we got this huge theme park industry that turned into a monster as well as a little bitty technical university that turned into one of the largest in America. Dr. Jim Clark is a history professor at UCF. He knows a little bit about everything and a lot about nothing. Thank you so much for joining us, Jim. Wow, My Jim. Pleasure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry he introduced you that way. Uh, he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with Disney. It almost didn't happen here, which is mind blowing when you think about it, because if you take Disney out of Central Florida and Florida, wow, there's a big old hole. Tell us a little bit about what happened there. Yeah, they uh, when Disneyland opened, they started doing surveys and they found that just two percent of the people coming to Disneyland in Anaheim were from east of the Mississippi. And so they began thinking, hey, we need at least one more park. Originally, they were thinking of a chain of parks, something like Six Flags or, uh, you know, multi-locations around the country. Uh, and then they said, no, we don't want to do that. Uh, we'll pick one spot. And they began looking, and they looked at uh, Niagara Falls, which back then was the must-see tourist spot in the country and they rejected Niagara Falls and a second site outside of New York because it couldn't be open year round. And Walt's concern was the the staffing. He wanted employees who were working year round rather than seasonal workers who would just show up for a few months. He said he thought that would give it too much of a carnival atmosphere. And so uh, they looked outside Washington, D.C., and uh, they seemed to settle on St. Louis for a different kind of attraction, kind of incorporating the city, 
and the Mississippi. And Walt um, got into a, a disagreement with Augie Bush, uh, the family that owned uh, Anheuser-Busch, makers of Bush beer and Budweiser. And uh, basically, Augie Bush said to Walt, hey, you're not coming to St. Louis if you're not serving beer. And he wanted the beer concession. And Walt said, no, we're not going to serve any beer or liquor in the Magic Kingdom. And uh, it kind of went downhill from there. And literally, they had the dinner the night before. Augie Bush made a comment. And they were supposed to sign the papers the next morning. And Walt called it off. So it was that close. Wow, a big thank you to Augie Bush for screwing up that deal. (laughs) Jim, why was he so adamant about not selling alcohol at the Magic Kingdom? Well, that was his thing. I mean, he he had the beer concession for the football teams, for the baseball teams, and here was this major thing coming to St. Louis telling him, no, we don't want your product in our theme park. And so I think he was greatly insulted. Yeah, well, why why was why did Walt not agree with having the beer? Why didn't he just say, "Okay, we'll do it"? No, that's been one of the standards of uh, of Disney that both Disneyland and Disney World were founded on the idea of no liquor, no drinking. Uh, Walt, again, it's like the seasonal opening. Walt was worried that it was going to end up kind of like a a carnival or. A, a county fair or something like that. And he did not want drinking in his park. I can't even imagine that they would have considered Niagara Falls. People complain on a chilly day at Disney. So (laughs) I don't know how they were going to have Niagara Falls, (laughs) a location there. So talk a little bit about how once he decided that it was going to be Central Florida, where all the orange groves were not even orange groves, but just basically nothing. He really tried to keep it a big secret. And a lot of people thought it was going to be St. Louis. And he did all he could to almost not be deceptive, but keep it on the down low. Oh, yeah. Uh, They were scared to death that word would leak out because land prices would would soar. And so they uh, made every effort they could to... um, to keep this top secret, they finally settled on Florida and they looked at a number of locations. They looked at uh, Palm Beach County and uh, MacArthur, uh, the billionaire, offered him 3,000 acres. And Walt said, no, that's not enough. So then they narrowed it down to four sites. One was near Bradenton, the other near Daytona. And Walt said, He did not want to compete with a free attraction, meaning the beach. beach. Yeah. (laughs) Do we want to spend $100 and go to Disney or do we want to lay on the beach for free? And so those were knocked out. And finally, they came down to Ocala and Orlando. And he drove up to Ocala, looked at land there. Remember, the Disney family comes from North Lake County. And so Walt knew Florida. He had come here as a child, played with his cousins. Um, Very few people realize this. 
Walt's parents were married in Lake County. Kismet or something, I right? Yeah, it's in the middle of the the Ocala National Forest today. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure anything remains of it, but yeah. So they were married there. And so he would come and visit his cousins uh, and a favored aunt would take him over to Ocala, uh, which was the big city if you were living in uh, Lake County. And so he knew the area well, and he drove up there and they looked at the land, they scoped it out. And then uh, the next day he flew over Orlando and where I-4 meets the turnpike, uh, he uh, said, that's it, and picked Orlando. It was literally 12 hours from being <laughs> in St. Louis, but we made the decision. He flew over the land. What was what were the next steps, Jim, and how long before he flew over until we saw groundbreaking? Well, it took a while. Walt did not know that the land he was pointing to was underwater. And uh, <laughs> you have heard all the stories about underground Disney, about all the tunnels and everything yeah. uh, running underneath uh, the Magic yeah. Kingdom. The fact is that those are not underground. Those are at ground level. It's the attraction that's up in the air. He had to put in 16 feet of fill dirt to compensate for all the swamps. Those lakes right next to the entrance at Disney World were dug out um, to get fill dirt to build the Magic Kingdom. So it took an extra year to build because he was pointing to a swamp. Disney wasn't the first theme park. It wasn't like Walt just came and said, wow, what if we put a theme park here? It might do well because there were already Cypress Gardens. The water skiers were out there on the lakes. There were a bunch of sort of gator landish, small scale gator operations out there when Disney came. So it wasn't like, hey, it's not like tourists don't come here to try to enjoy the area, right? No, in fact, um, uh, Disney opens in 1971 and even into the late 60s, the two most popular attractions in the United States. You want to guess, uh, Matt? Two most popular mm -hmm. attractions? Well, I'm going to say Niagara Falls <laughs> and the Grand Canyon. <laughs> or you ah, just mean like... You're halfway there. Okay. The Grand Canyon and Cypress Gardens. Wow. The two most popular. Yeah. And, and also in Orlando, and, and Matt, I don't know if you remember covering this story a uh, number of years ago, when a tree called the Senator burned oh, yeah. down in Longwood. Remember that weird story? Yeah, I remember a girl oh, was like yeah. smoking meth in there or something and burned it down, right? Exactly. That was one of the biggest attractions in Central Florida. It drew thousands, tens of thousands of people. People would come to Florida tree. to see this big tree. And uh, well, it was there was a Jesus. <laughs> We're not shaming people for wanting to see it, Ginger. It's just, I mean, that's a long way to drive to see one Redwood, right? <laughs> Whatever. We talked a lot about Disney. We also want to talk about, on the other side of this break, the fact that UCF is a result of the baby boom that happened in the 50s and 60s. We'll talk about that when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate. We've been talking to our dear friend, Dr. Jim Clark. He is so well-versed in the history of the state of Florida and He's going to tell us a little bit about the university where he is a hot commodity as a professor. Everybody wants to take his class. Everybody wants him to tell them about that sweet, sweet history. It used to be Florida Technical University. Yeah, Matt, I got I got some papers here for you to grade. If you oh, everybody's getting an A, kids. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Professor Austin. So, Jim, uh, when UCF first came on the forefront here, just started out, tiny school out in the 60s, as we explained in the last uh, segment there, that it happened around the time Walt Disney was touring. And so when he found the land to get Disney, uh, this is when UCF started. This was back in 1963 it was founded. It started off tiny. Now it's one of the biggest colleges in America. Jim, tell us a little bit about the setting for why they needed a college here in Orlando. Yeah, people forget on the, at the beginning of World War II, Florida was the least populated state in the South. So there were only three colleges, Florida Women's College in Tallahassee, UF, and Florida A&M for African-Americans that were sponsored by the state. After the war, the post-war baby boom comes along. And so kids born in, say, 1946, 1947, are going to be graduating from high school in, what, 63, 64, 65. And the state demographers look at this tidal wave of students coming in and realize there aren't enough seats in schools. And so beginning in the 50s, they start the University of South Florida. And then finally in 63, they uh, authorized, the legislature authorized a school for Eastern Florida. And the state created the, the university, but did not give it any money to buy land. That's so. How, what? <laughs> How do you not do one without the other? You could prove it, but it's like, okay, good luck with finding it. That means uh, you don't really care if it happens is what that means. So, so Ginger, you're new here to Florida and don't know about the Florida legislature. I mean, oh my, I'm sorry. It just didn't make sense. But thank God we have really good citizens here. Well, but here's here's what I have trouble grasping. They got 89 people which is a lot of people, to each put up $5,000. And today's money, that would be like 60 grand. And think about, hey, Matt, I need 60 grand from you, but honest, the legislature will pay you back. Would you? Zero percent chance I'm doing that deal. Are you kidding they, me? So they they yeah. said we'll pay you back if you if you give us the five grand. Well, they said the legislature will vote the money at some future date. <laughs> oh, really? 
What a yeah. crazy and 89 people took this sucker bet. Yeah. And they bought the land. Um, uh, a guy offered them, uh, a, well, he owned a thousand acres. He was going to charge them 500 grand, $1,000 an acre, but he would then give them another 500 to pick that site. They had looked at other sites in Tuscaloosa and down where uh, Farda Mall is today, around there on the trail. Uh, and so they bought land from this, uh, this gentleman who was from uh, outside of Philadelphia. And uh, apparently um, the land was owned by disreputable people uh, linked to organized crime. And the gentleman got the 500 and uh, went back to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and did not share with his friends who uh, shot him in the lobby Ooh. of his motel. Yeah. Wow, so, the yeah. seedy underbelly of how UCF came to pass. Wow. Yeah, wow. So, so it's an amazing thing uh, that that we got it. And, you know, the leadership in Orlando, we think of it as basically a, a sleepy town in 1960. 263 64 and yet um they got disney they got f uh ucf they got the airport from the air force um all of these things happening which made orlando what it is today oh maybe the yeah, most important decade thought. ever ginger for us per well perhaps no i i just thought and they originally thought ucf was going to be to funnel students to help with the space program which is why they were originally the citronauts as well <laughs> yeah 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 they, we our mascot was a combination orange and uh, astronaut <laughs> and i wanted to bring back the second mascot uh vinnie the vulture uh, for a year, we were known as the UCF Vultures. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. What so, a terrible uh, idea. And then, of course, uh, we became the, the Knights. So um, and, Somebody with uh, some sense finally came in with some branding chops. And, and UCF has become, from this Florida Technical University in 1963, the University of Central Florida, they have a great mascot now, the Knights, and they have nearly 70,000 students, 68,000 at last check for the 2022 semester in the fall. Jim, how did it grow so incredibly quickly over that time? You know, it's, uh, the credit goes to Dr. Hitt. First of all, uh, uh, Trevor Colburn became president. He did a great job. He was one of the people who started the, he was the guy who started the football program. Back when people like me were saying, what are you thinking? What, how are we gonna have a football team here? Uh, our first coach uh, was the city of Orlando recreation director, who <laughs> after, after work downtown would come out here and and you know, get a football team ready to play schools like St. Leo over in uh, in Tampa. Uh, and so um, then John Hitt comes in and uh, he begins this unbelievable mansion fueled by bright futures. And uh, Matt, you are very conversant with the bright futures program. Oh yeah, it I'm is, a bright uh, futures kid, my friend. It's saving you huge amounts of money. Um, 
And so uh, the university began expanding. Uh, you look at things that people said we'd never get, the medical school, for example, um, and which really kind of became the foundation for Lake Nona uh, and all these other things. It's just been an amazing um, period of time. And as you point out, we are the second largest public university in the country, second to Arizona State. A sidelight. Uh, <laughs> the man who gave us a horse, the Pegasus, for our football mascot, and the man who helped raise $300,000 to save the UCF program. At one point in the early 80s, it was bankrupt, and the football team was about to go extinct. And Burt Reynolds showed up and raised <laughs> amounts of money for the football team and saved UCF football. Hey, so you so could say a Seminole saved the Knights because he is a Florida State Seminole, Burt Reynolds. He is a Florida State Seminole. Yeah, we, we got some big timers there at Florida State. But you know who wishes that mafia deal never happened in which the guy got shot in the head and so UCF never became a thing? Oklahoma State University, because they got pounded by those Knights this year. I bet they wish all this history never happened. Dr. Jim Clark, always wonderful to have you on the show, my friend. Thank you for educating us, as always. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6+. Plus.